You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. We pray you would step down into our midst. We thank you for this time. Pray you would speak to us. You would challenge us, Lord God. You would open our eyes and you would open our understanding. You would equip us today with what we need to fulfill your purpose, to fulfill your will for our lives, my God, to show forth your glory, to manifest your glory. We are carriers of your glory, Lord God. That's who we are. And we're saying, Father, we want to manifest it completely. We want to manifest it in its fullness. We want to manifest it in every aspect and every dimension. Father, we bless you and we honor you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Welcome this morning. Nice to see. I was just standing in the back and I saw a lot of faces which I haven't seen in a while. A lot of people visiting and obviously all the rest of you who I I love very much. But (coughs) just nice to see all of you. Um, What I'm going to be speaking on today is entitled Hungry for the Glory of God. Amen. Amen. Hungry for the Glory of God. So let's get get right into it. Let's start with um, Ezekiel chapter 1, our scripture there. We're going to... This is very familiar to all of you, but I'd like to, I'd like to still start off here. So Ezekiel chapter 1, <coughs> from, verse, from verse 26. Can you put it in the New Living, the NLT, please? From verse 26, we'll go to 28. Put it in there. Okay. So... <clears throat> Obviously, as most of you will know, there's a whole lot that has gone before this. There, were, there was a throne and there was a likeness, and we'll see that in a moment. There were creatures, there was a whirlwind, um, there was a whole lot of things. Um, there were wheels, and so if you go and read back, you'll see all of that. So we're kind of coming in right towards the end. So Ezekiel, I guess, essentially has pressed further and further and further in. You know, he got, you know, he got past the, the, the whirlwind hurricane, he pressed in a bit further, he saw some creatures, he saw throne he's now about to see the a form on a throne so he kept pressing in and this is where we are now he's about to describe what he's seeing so there was a you if you read 25 and just before you'll see what the surface is talking about but above the surface was something that looked like a throne <coughs> made of blue lapis lazuli i think i think the new king james says sapphire um i don't quite know what a lapis lazuli is but i'm sure it's I'm sure you guys will tell. I'm sure the ladies know. I'm sure it's wonderful. <coughs> uh, a sapphire, I do know. Maybe it's the same thing. On this throne, high above, so there's a throne. On this throne, high above, was a figure whose appearance resembled a man. Okay, so he's looking, he's seeing a, he's seeing a throne. Sorry, just go back. Just go back quickly. Um, so what he's saying is above the surface was something that looked like a throne. So, you know, with, with the best language he had available, he's saying, look, you know what? It, it was sort of in the best way I can describe it to you, it was a throne. So um, it was a throne, but there was obviously more to it, <coughs> excuse me, that he couldn't, he couldn't express, I guess, with words. So you must, I guess there's, that means that each one of us should press for an experience like this. Amen. So we can see, so we can see yeah. Let's, let's move on to 27. <clears throat> for what appeared to what appeared to be his so now this is the man or the the figure that resembles the man sitting on the throne from what appeared to be his waist up he looked like gleaming amber 
flickering like a fire. And from his waist down, he looked like a burning flame, shining with splendor. Okay, so he's seeing this man. And so on the top, you see this. That this is what Pastor Sam shared with us. You see this. It's almost like a tube. And you see this flickering light inside, a shining, flickering light. That's what you're seeing on, on the top half of this, of this individual. And then on the bottom half, you see this burning, almost like this raw, naked flame on, from, the, from the waist down. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can just imagine what this, what this being looked like. Now, <clears throat> we'll see in a moment as we go to 28, but what, what let me think, should we stay? Um, what inspires me about this is that this is what each one of us are supposed to look like. Th this is what each one of us, our, our spiritual condition should be. This is what each one of us are supposed to push for, are supposed to press for, are supposed to be hungry for, until we step into this in its fullness. Can you imagine when you are walking in this in its fullness, forget what your life will be like. What, what, will, what, will, what will your community, your family, what will the world be like? You know, when you talk about a single person going down in history for transforming the world, you know, this is the kind of thing that some of them would have started to tap into, especially, obviously, you know, those that are walking with God. So this is why we want this. This is why we are hungry for this. This is what we were originally designed and created as. This is where we fell from. This, this, was our, this is who we were. So when God created, this is how he created us. This is how we would, So like, like Pastor Eric said through, during the conference, how far was that fall? It was an incredible, the fall was far. From here, compare, I mean, think about where you are now. And the small little things affect you. But I mean, this is where we are literally a burning flame, a burning fire. So this really, uh, I can't, it really inspires me and I'm really hungry for it. Because I'm just like, you know what, God, as we start to take hold of and tap into the fullness of this, this world will change. Every desire you have, every hunger you have, for every thirst you have to do whatever it is, this is the key. All of it will be accomplished as you lay hold of this. Think about it. There is nothing that can stand up against this. There's no opposition. There's no wall. There's no barrier. There's no fire of the enemy. It's not possible. The enemy might, may have his own fire, but compared to the fire of God, yeah. it, it can't come close. Amen? It's not, it's not possible. So once you step into this completely, and, you are, and when, if someone was to, if their eyes spiritually were to be opened, they went, and they were to see you in the spirit, and this is how you looked, literally you're just moving from place to place. So I think it was Pastor Sam who was talking about not, not needing visas and all of those kind of things. And it's the truth. Human limitations and human boundaries suddenly become something which is, is, not, is you know, something that affects other people. You'll, you'll, truly, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see when we get to, you'll see when we get to um, Philippians chapter 3, I think it's about verse 12, where it says there's a kind of a resurrection you can experience which lifts you up from among the dead while you're still in the body. And once you start it, and once you tap into this, that's what you start to experience. So it's a, it's a level, of, you start walking on a plane. You know, I mean, think of walking on water. You know, that's a level above just, you know, everyone else. It's not just, oh, okay, you know, a bit of a flu or, you know, something got sorted out here. Like it's a clear distinction between a certain person and everybody else. And that's where we need to press to. This is what I'm hungry for. Why? Mostly because this is who we're supposed to be. This is who we created and designed to be. 
This is what God ordained. Yeah, it's something nice to lay hold of, but the, the, the thing which inspires me the most is the fact that this is who I, I was formed and created to be. When God made my blueprint, made a blueprint of the human race, the, this, is, this, is what he had, this is what he did. This is who we were. This is where we fell from. And when Jesus said, it is finished, all of this got restored back. So it's, it's kind of like, well, do you want it or not? That's the truth. Do you want to lay hold of it? Do you want it? It's there. Because when he said it is finished, every barrier, everything that needed to be dealt with for us to lay hold of everything that from Genesis to Revelation and every rhema word that God gives you in between, everything, every word is possible for us to take hold of. Why? Because of what Christ did already. And this, is, this just gives us something to aim at. It's like, okay, so where am I, where am I going? And I mean, allow your, allow your mind to run, um, your, your sanctified imagination, as we, as we always say, as to, you know, what that would look like in your life. You know, what, what you can accomplish, what you can do. You know? So um, when, when, when David says, the Lord lit my, lit, lit my lamp, he lightens my lamp, and then so I run against a troop, I climb over a wall. Th- this is what it's talking about. You know, when you are enlightened, not enlightened, when you are set on fire, other obstacles and barriers, then you can probably stand in Psalm 91 and say, you know, a thousand at my, at my one side and 10,000, they'll fall and it doesn't move me. Because you're not on the same level as everyone. You're like, okay, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's rough that you're going through that, but I'm not there. So if you want to join me, come join me. But, you know, it's up to, it's up to you. I know that this won't affect me. Amen. So let's go to, let's go to 28. <coughs> so this is the this is the picture of, the, I guess, the, the burning and shining image or the picture of, of how we were created to be. So let's, yeah, 28. Which is the next verse. Okay, so obviously, maybe it's stuck. Let me just read it. Guys, are we got 28. Okay. <coughs> So all around him was a glowing halo, like a rainbow, shining in the clouds on a rainy day. This is what the glory of the Lord looked like to me. When I saw it, I fell down on the ground, and I heard someone's voice speaking to me. And then obviously it carries on. So in in Genesis chapter 1, when it says, let us make man in our image, that's how we were created. What we see in verse 20, that's how we were made. And I said, that's where we fell from. And the, and the truth of the matter is, now that Jesus said it is finished, that's where we can get back to. I mean, literally, can you imagine one person like that, just one person stepping into the fullness of the, the whole world will change. So I guess now it makes you, it, it makes you sort of understand and realize why it, it makes statements. I think it's is it Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, where it says, you know, the least of us will be like David. And all of us together will be like God. You know, you start to understand where these statements come from. You know, you link all these scriptures together. It's like, okay, well, once I'm stepping into something, that's why the least of us will be like David. You know, you're just starting. You know, you're struggling. You haven't met. You, it's tough. And you're like David. You know, the guy who cleared everything in his generation. Yeah, he made some mistakes. But, I mean, there was, there was no one left to fight by the time he was done. And everything Solomon used to build up the temple, David laid all of that up. Now Solomon got some things, but go and read all of the gold, this, everything. He got it, and he was getting it from, obviously, all the kings he defeated. So that guy was incredible. Uh, the book of Acts says, he, after serving the will of God, the purpose of God for his generation, he lay down and slept. 
So he fulfilled God's will for his generation. And that'll be the least. Can you imagine? So you can, ima- you can imagine the most, or you know, those which are really tapping into some serious things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess uh, it's like you won't, even have to, you won't even have to ask someone to write history about you. It's like everyone will just be saying something because it'll be so incredible. So this is, this is why this inspires me. Because this is how, who we were created to be. This is how I was created. Let us make man in our image. And that's the image I was created. I was made like that. And I'm going to press and I'm going to push until I take hold of that. Why? Not only because of the impact that I'm going to, that, that'll allow us to make, but because it's, it's, it's my destiny, it's my purpose. I guess it's my inheritance, it's my right. You know, it's who I am. That's why I want it. Yeah, yeah, you make impact and everything, but that's, for me, that's secondary. You know, just, it's a guarantee. I mean, you can imagine, you walk around, around like someone like that, you can't not make impact. But, but I want that because that's who I am. That's who I was created. And Jesus came, he did all that he did so that I can get restored back to where we were, to where each one of us was before we fell. Amen? Amen. So, and if you, look in, if you look in the New King James Version of 28, it says, so the new NLT says, this is what the glory of the Lord looked like to me. And then the, the New King James said, this was the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Or this is the likeness of the glory of God. So in other words, if you want a picture of what the glory of God is supposed to look like, there's your picture. There's your picture in human form. What does the glory of God look like fully expressed in a human being? Verse 27. Well, there's stuff you can pull out of the whole chapter. But 27 kind of homes in on the individual itself. So if you want to know what is the glory of God fully expressed in my life and your life, that's what it looks like. It looks like verse 27. And as I say, it's how we were created, it's our inheritance, and it's our right. So it's something we, we should all be pressing for. We should, why? Just because you can have it. I mean, <laughs> if there's something great that you can have, you know, and why, why not? So well, anyway, I think that. <coughs> okay, so let's just, I want to just give a couple of, um, couple of reasons as to why, why would you want to lay hold of, of, of what we're seeing here. I mean, I, I guess we've mentioned some things already, but why do we want to lay hold of this? What are the advantages? What, what, is it, what does it add to me? How does it, you know, how does it affect me? What, what happens? What are some of the results? Why, why do I want this? So we've, as I say, maybe I've convinced you already, I don't know, but let me mention one or two things. So <coughs> the first thing is if you look at this, if you look at this picture, it says there was, there was fire. So the top half is flickering. You know, that's what, that's what people see. That's, that's the part they'll see. And then the bottom half is, is raw fire. And yeah, there's, there's some things about that. But So this ho- the whole appearance of, the, of this individual is fire. Now, fire, fire is also linked with a whole lot of things. So the Bible also tells us that, well, if you, if you read in Corinthians, it tells us that these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the most important of these is love. And love is so the same as fire. Love is also the same as fire. So <coughs> the fire of the Holy Spirit is also love. So if we look at, if you don't believe me, let's go look at uh, Song of Solomon chapter 8 verse 7. Um, oh, we don't preach out of there very often, but it's okay. This, this is a, this is <coughs> anyway, many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. 
So if many waters can't, you know, how do you quench something? If you quench something, you put it out, isn't it? So it must be, it must be burning, it must be alive, it must be a light. You know, that's, then it says, nor can floods, I mean, you just, nor can floods drown it. It kind of makes you realize just how powerful love is. And, we, you know, we hadn't, I guess, you know, we're always learning new things and we'll keep learning, you know, and even in eternity we'll keep learning, but it makes you realize just what kind of a power, and you say, yeah, you must love people, and, you know, we say, but the truth of the matter is there's incredible power behind love, or love is incredibly powerful. So the more you tap into it, the more you flow in love, the more you lay hold of love, the more you see. I mean, I guess if, 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 if this powerful God who created the universe, if one of his core aspects is, is love, the Bible tells us in 1 John that God is love. So if one of this powerful being, one of his core intrinsic aspects is love, well, then it must, mean that love, it must mean that love accomplishes a lot more than we've probably realized before. Amen? So many waters cannot quench love. Nor can, so even if there are floods, the Bible talks of floods of ungodliness. Floods can be people. Floods can be challenges. Floods can be a whole lot of things. Cannot drown love. It's not power. Many floods. You think of a flood as normally bigger than a human being. So many floods can't drown love. Okay. So <clears throat> now the interesting thing is, the fire of, so the fire of the Holy, let's call this the fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire which you see in verse 27. Let's call it the fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God. Now, first and foremost, first and foremost, before we are taking on the enemy with fire or declaring fire or whatever it might be, and it, it's, it's got its place because, I mean, he's, you know, he's got his aspect of fire. The fire of God is just more powerful. But the fire of God, first and foremost, as we see reflecting that being, is supposed to be for ourselves. Yeah to transform and change us so that then I guess we can effectively, for a whole lot of reasons, one of them would be you've got this Bible and all these things written in it, so now it's only when you're in the right place can you effectively handle this. Anyway, it's like giving, giving some, some things to a child. If they're not in the right place and understanding, they might get them and then not use them properly. So the more refined, the more transformed, the more powerful, the more changed you are, the more you can use what's actually yours and what's in your hands. So the main, the main purpose, the main reason for love, first and foremost, or the fire of God, is for us. It's supposed to start with us. It's supposed to refine. It's supposed to transform. It's supposed to melt every contrary thing in your heart, everything you're not proud of, everything you're not happy with, everything that doesn't reflect the image of God, everything that you just think, God, can, you know, are we still having this discussion? Whatever that, whatever that thing is, a thing that, you know, kind of stirs up sometimes when you, when you are where you don't, where you don't want to be. So it's okay. She's just, yeah, she's just, she's just wants to win the race. That's all. She's just running. And my daughter would be running as well if she was allowed to. So <coughs> um, I think that's why, they, that's why the two of them get on so well. Um, anyway, so it's, to, it, it's those things inside you which you look at and you're like, you know what, I just, I'm not pleased. I don't like them. It's the impurities, they are deposits, they are whatever it is. The fire of God, the fire of the love of God, as we press for that image, the more we press for that image, the more those things will be melted. Amen? It's like... You know, the more we press for it, the more we're going to be changed and transformed on the inside. The more stable, the more strong, the more established. So the more we can do, the more we can handle, the more we can take hold of. So it's supposed to transform us, literally change us and refine us on the, on the inside before it's being used for, you know, maybe anything else out there. 
but it's supposed to train because then you know you you then you're transformed on the inside you then look at some things and you're like you know what actually and it's not even necessarily a challenge just some things that come your way and you think oh it's not actually you know had this been me two years ago you know it would have it would have moved me a lot but now it's like oh okay is that all it's fine so let's move through it and let's move on why because something's happened on the inside of you amen so <coughs> Yeah, impurity, sin, unbelief. If you look at Jeremiah 17, 1, you'll see that it says there, the, the sins of Judah have been engraved with a, and I just think about on the tablets of their hearts, with a pen of iron and with a diamond. So you see, there, there's some things which aren't, you know, to kind of take a bit of work to get rid of. It's not just, okay, you know what, um, you, know, you pray one prayer and the thing's gone. You know, it depends how deeply entrenched in that. Where did it come from? How did it come? You know, is it not, not necessarily, yeah, so let me not take it any further, but you get what I'm saying. There's some things, you, I mean, you guys know, there's some things which are easier to deal with in your walk with God. If you've been walking with God for more than like a month or so, you'll see some things go like that and some things are still here a month later, isn't it? So some things, yeah, some things are still here, you know. You've graduated and they, you know, you've moved into working and you're a student and, what, and the thing is still there. So some, some things are engraved. Some things are written deep, deep, deep. And I mean, what, um, imagine something being engraved with the point of a diamond. I mean, I, I, I mean, they say that's the hardest substance around. So it also t I guess it also tells you then if it takes a diamond to engrave something on your heart, your heart is quite a powerful thing. You know, how, how hard is your heart? If you're, I mean, how hard in a, in a good way? Once it's aligned properly, what can it accomplish? Well, probably amazing things. If a diamond can even write something on it. So, but, and this is what the, this is what the fire will do. It doesn't matter what it is. Any something you've tried to, you, you just try to get rid of for ages and this thing won't move. And maybe it even feels like you're not getting any progress in it. Press for the glory. Press for that image. Press for how you are who you were created to be. Press for what God said, let us make man like this. Where we fell from, but now where we've been restored. The door's been opened to get back there. Truly, the door's been opened. It's up to, but the thing is, it's up to us. Do you want to press for it or not? And we're going to see as we, can, as we close, it's, yeah. So, let me just leave it at that. So, we need to press for it. There's so many advantages. Those things there which you just like, oh God, I just, this thing must just go. Press for the glorious image. Press for how God created you and designed you to be. Those things will just, and the closer you get, the more you step into the more manifest, the things will just be, they'll be, they'll be um, uh, what do you call it when you put, dissolved. They'll just be dissolved. They'll just like, fade away, gone. The more you press into the, and it'll get to, and you, you're pressing more and more and more, and you kind of look, you realize, oh yes. Oh, I actually used to have that thing. And you don't even realize that it's gone. Because you've, you've continued pressing and you're just walking in new things. Amen? So there's, so, there's so many advantages. There's so much. So, <clears throat> and obviously, if you allow this to run full process, when the enemy does his worst, you can respond with the best. Honestly, the way we're supposed to respond. So when there's hatred, you can, giving love is not an issue. Because there's something that happens on the inside of you. There's a kind of a, your whole inside gets aligned and transformed. Amen? Okay, so one thing we can get from there is, is love. Another thing is, you know, when you talk about fire, fire is also synonymous with zeal, isn't it? When you say someone's on fire for God or, you know, passion, all of that, you know, it, it's, it's, it, zeal is a kind of fire. 
or zeal is fire actually because I mean there's, there's something that gets lit inside you whether you are zealous for something of God or something it can be zealous for anything you know there, but there's something that's like lit on the inside of you isn't it and that drives you that's what I want you to see when it comes to zeal it drives you to do more than you otherwise would have done in, the st- in your normal state it's something that kind of comes alive inside you and it stirs you. If there's, and if there's enough zeal, even if you are tired, you know, even if you're frustrated, even if, you're, if there's still zeal burning inside, it'll, continue, it'll make you push further than you would have ever thought possible, than you would have ever before. So the more we press into this, the more zeal starts to stir up inside us. The more zeal starts to break out. And obviously that's going to be the zeal of the Lord, which means it's the more we can, more we can accomplish, the more we can do. Not just like tangible stuff, but just in general, the more effective we'll be for God. Let me say it like that. So <clears throat> if you read Psalm 69 verse 9, this is, this is how it reads. <coughs> Excuse me. Psalm 69 verse 9. Because zeal for your house has eaten me up. That's the point we have to get to. When zeal has literally eaten us, the only thing we have on the inside of us is zeal. That's when God looks down and says... You know, there's my child. Look what he's doing or look what she's doing. Because zeal for your house has eaten me up. It's completely consumed me. I'm driven by the zeal of God. As I said, it allows you to even go past some of your natural limitations. Zeal for your house has eaten me up. And the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. So, and you'll remember that this same scripture is quoted in John chapter 2. Is it verse 1 or 7 or I can't remember, somewhere around there. I think it would be 17. So John 2, 17, we're speaking about Jesus. And he says, his disciples remember the scripture, which is zeal for your houses consume me. You know when he makes a, is it up there? Okay, remember, the, yeah, zeal for your house has eaten me up. When he's, when he's, when he's driving, you know, he's kind of cleansing the temple. And he's kind of saying, okay, you know what? This is, you know, we're missing it, but this is not the standard. This is not, you know, people are merchandising, you know, what should be the house of the Lord. It's been completely changed. And he's like, okay, you know what? Time to move things through. But, but what I want you to see there is zeal stirred up inside him, which allowed him to even go past maybe some of his, in, a, in his human form, some of his natural limitations. Maybe, you know, you've got X amount of strength, but now zeal comes. It takes you to a whole new level. You can do things more than you could before. Does that make sense? So let's just, let's just read. Um, if, you remember, if you remember Phineas as well, Numbers 25, um, if you look at verse 11 to 13. So there was a plague because, uh, because the, the Israelites, and I think it was the Moabite woman, they were committing immorality. So what that is, that brought the judgment of God on the nation. And, um, and then obviously Moses and Aaron were crying out and then Phineas, he took a, he took a spear and there was, there was one particular Israelite. He was like, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to continue with this in my tent. So he went there, put the spear straight through him and then the plague stopped immediately. And then God says, because it's his it's zeal that drove him to do that. So, you know, when zeal stirs up, you're not worried about what people think, what they might say, you know, how they look at you. It's, irrele- it's like, you know what, there's something which comes, you know, stirs, you know, I need to do this. And then you go and do it. And then God honors you at the end of that. Would he have been able to do that, you know, just in his own personal capacity? I don't know. It depends on the kind of person he is. But zeal can take anyone from here to where they need to be. Amen. So the more we press into this image, the more fire, the more zeal gets stirred up inside us. And for taking that step, what it says about is everlasting, for generations onwards, there's a blessing for, for him and for his family because he took that step. 
So he impacted the generations after him because of one step he took, because of the zeal of God that had taken hold of his heart, and he ran with. Amen. And then, obviously, if we read in um, Isaiah 9, 6 to 7, reads as follows. <coughs> Pour unto, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace. <coughs> Excuse me. There will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. If we are going to fulfill destiny and purpose, we need the zeal of God. It's not, it's not, you, you, you won't fulfill everything without it. It's not possible. It's a, you need that zeal to be, to be imparted to you, to stir up on the inside of you, to stir you to do things which maybe you wouldn't otherwise do. You know, you kind of just be sitting back, but then you get up and you actually go and do something. The zeal of the Lord accomplished that, and that's what it does inside us. It launches, it stirs us to do things we wouldn't otherwise. And the more we press for this image, the more we take hold of that. So <coughs> let's have a look at, if we consider wisdom as well, um, Let's look at Proverbs 8. Proverbs chapter 8, uh, we'll read from verse 1. Okay. Does not wisdom cry out, and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on top of the high hill, beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, and I will speak excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. Amen. So this is wisdom personified. This is wisdom, you know, being given a, a human characteristic. And, and it's sort of a, agreed by scholars that this is also talking about Jesus. This is also reflecting Jesus. And obviously we know um, he came to earth. He, he came as the perfect human being. And he was, he was wisdom personified. It's the, he says about himself that one wiser than Solomon is here. So the, the level of wisdom he walked in was unparalleled except for Solomon. But I mean, obviously he surpassed that. So once we're talking about this image, and, and the Bible tells us, you read the book of Proverbs, in numerous places it says wisdom is the principal thing. It says in all you're getting, get wisdom. Don't miss wisdom. Make sure you get wisdom. So while, if we, so while we're pressing for this heavenly image, this image of how we were created, know that wisdom is one of the key components which will start to manifest in your life. You cannot be made in the image of God and be pressing more and more into that image and wisdom won't be released is not possible because God is all wise. He's all knowing. You read the book of James and you can see what, how it talks about wisdom. But wisdom is key. Wisdom is critical. That's what Daniel, all of his friends, Solomon, I mean Solomon, uh, oh yeah, Solomon, but Joseph, it's what made all of them stand out. So as we are, as we are hungry for how God originally created us and how he called us to be, wisdom cannot button. As you press further and further and further in, wisdom will start to manifest more 
and more and more and more. Amen. Amen. Okay. So let's have a look at, I want us to look at Luke chapter 9, verse 28 to 36. Okay. <coughs> now it came to pass, you know what, sorry, let me just, um, let me read it in here, but it's on the screen, so it's fine. 28 to 36. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe, be robe became light, white and glistening. <clears throat> and behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease which he was about to accomplish, accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those who were with him, who were those with him, were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened, as they were parting from him, that, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. He, just, he was just inspired on the... He was just like, you know what? Let me just... You know, first thing that came out. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them. Amen. Wow. And they were fearful as they entered the cloud. They'd never seen anything like this before. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen. So Jesus <coughs> went up, went up, uh, they call it the Mount of Transfiguration. He was transfigured before them, which means he was changed. He was transformed. Uh, part, of, part of the reason for that was also for him going to the cross, what he was going to have to accomplish there. So, but but this, is, this gives us a picture of that same image. That's what I want to say. So the image we saw in, in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 27, this is that same image. This is, what, this is part of what it can look like on the outside. It may, not, it may not always, it may not shine, you know, you look like you're, a, I don't know, a, a lit up Christmas tree, you know, wherever you, wherever you walk. But, but, it's, but, it, but it's possible to manifest like that from time to time. Think about it. Moses was the same. You know, he, I know he, sa he, sat, with, he sat and spoke, spoke to God, and when he came, well, his face was radiating, it was shining. So that kind of manifestation can happen from time to time. But I want you to, I want you to see that this is that same image. This is that same picture. This is almost now, Ezekiel um, 127 is, is, is more looking into the spirit and saying, okay, this is what it looks like. And now this is like it manifesting on the outside. Not that it's always going to look like this, but this is more an outside manifestation. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The thing I want you to see is this is the same thing. This is, this is that. <laughs> this is that thing. Amen? <clears throat> um, so this, is, this is the same thing. Now, this is what we have to press for, and this is what we have to be hungry for. Um, if you read uh, Luke's, uh, Matthew's account, it's Matthew 17, and I think it's Mark 9. You read the two other accounts of this. You'll see it says, here, here all it says is his, um, his appearance was altered and his robe became white and glistening. The other ones say it was shining. 
So his robe was shining, he was shining, everything about him was shining, which is, as I said, the same as what we see in the top half of Ezekiel 127, uh, the top half. So, <clears throat> but this is what I want you to see, and this is why I like, and I've always, it's always, I guess, inspired me, but this is why I like this particular um, version of the, the transfiguration. If you go back to verse 28 and 29, this is what stands out for me. A couple of things too, but this is the first thing that stands out. <coughs> Now it came to pass, because the others don't mention this, about eight days after these sayings, okay, he took Peter, John, and James, and what did he do? He went up to the mountain. So the other, the other, the other accounts don't say that. They just say he went up and he was transformed. But this says it happened in the place of prayer. He, w he wasn't just moving around, you know, doing anything, anytime, and then, you know, something whacked him or hit him or, you know, like something he changed. I guess... What I'm trying to say is, it's a, when we walk with God, it's a two-way street. It is finished. Jesus has done everything. But now there's some things we actually need, or a lot of things we actually need to go and lay hold of. Do I want it? Yes or no. Am I hungry for it? How much am I willing to press for it? How long am I willing to press for it? You know, how long am I willing to say, God, this is what I want and this is what I'm hungry for? So he was praying. While he was in the place of, place of prayer, this encounter happened. So probably if he hadn't been praying... Uh, this wouldn't have happened. I don't think this would have just, as I say, hit him as he was walking down the street. So what it does is it also shows us the place, I guess, that we have a part to play in spiritual things, number one. But number two, if we really want something, there's got to be some pressing in. You know, if it's something small, if, you know, if there's something small like, okay, you know what, I just want a, want a flute to go, it's fine. You may just, you know, you know, like one prayer or you agree with one and you might be done. But, you know, if you're trying to, you know, lay hold of something which has the potential to transform your whole generation, you know, you're probably going to have to pray more than 20 minutes. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and why do I say that? Well, part of the reason why I say that is if it was that easy, we wouldn't have to talk about this, first of all, and everyone would be walking in it, isn't it? I mean, like, you go to any, most people in church, you know, at some point, well, I don't know if it's most, but let me just, let me just be, and so most people in church, at some point, they read their Bible and pray, you know, and they're like, God, I want your will, I want your heart for my life, you know, I want you to uh, do what I need, I want to fulfill purpose and destiny, you definitely, I can speak, I know, within our, within our every nation churches, I mean, that's what, the kind of thing people are praying, so, but, you know, you're not seeing that much of this manifesting. So it means it's going to take a little bit more than that. Yeah. Amen? Let's look at, so what does 29 say? Let's see if it says something else. <coughs> as, okay, so he was praying, and he says, As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. If we're going to take hold of anything the Bible promises, we're going to have to press in. There's no, you know what, I'm realizing, I'm, I'm honestly realizing more and more um, that there's no shortcut. There, uh, like, uh, there isn't. Well, okay, well, there is a shortcut, but it's not going to, you're not going to, yeah, it's not godly. So um, there are some shortcuts, but, you know, you're going to be doing some things, but it's not by the power of God. So if you want to, if you want to, you know, flow in what God's ordained for you, there's no shortcut. Just, you know, you think more and more, like flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, everything. The stuff which we really, you know, are hungry for. Um, you're wanting to transform our generation, all of that. It's not just going to come. You know, we've had um, most, I mean, if, if some of you, 
I was going to say, you know, I know a couple of, plenty of people who've lived their whole lives, you know, honoring God and walking with God. And there's still a lot of things in the Word that they haven't tapped into. Some of the things that I want, you know, that, you know, I haven't seen in their lives yet. And I don't know the reason for that. I don't know. But all I'm saying is just living, it's not a time thing. Just because I've been walking with God for 10 years doesn't mean automatically, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 is going to just, just fall into my, you know, just, you get what I'm saying? So, you know, or 20 years or 30 or 40 years. It doesn't just mean the stuff will just drop. So there's got to be something else. That's why it doesn't matter if we're five people or if we, okay, 5,000. It doesn't matter five or 10 or 15. That small group of people pressing in. Yeah hitting something the world will change forget the community forget the nation the nation will start to notice us overnight pastor sam was saying about he was talking about fire at the conference saying you know once once fire comes you can't not you don't, you can't not notice fire you know like the neighbors will know the you know the the council the ward council will know you know before before long it'll be on the news if there's really fire so we ladies and gentlemen we need to press in for this thing for whatever God has promised us, we have to. There's no shortcut. I think as you continue pressing in, you'll see more and more of the, of the, the say, what we may call the more sizable things that we want God to do in our lives. We'll see them start to manifest. I think they're, not as, they're probably not as, as far. It's almost like, mm, let me push in for this, you know, and let me then go and push in for that two years later. I think we'll start to see that they're a lot more connected than we actually realize. But you're pressing and you get to a place and now you, there's a whole lot of stuff on that level. You know, you get to another place and there's a whole lot of stuff on that level. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? So we need to press in. I guess that's, the, that's, that's maybe the summary. That's, what I'm, that's what's on my heart and that's what I want to get across today. We need to press in. As we, and as we round up, I'm going to make one comment which will hopefully stir you onto something for the next 10 days and even towards the end of the year. But we need to press in. We need... And just start, whatever that means to you. Think, okay, I don't know how to do it. It's fine. Just whatever that means to you, start doing say, God, here I am. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's brought you this far, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I've made lots of mistakes. Lots. And we're still here. <laughs> so probably if you go to him genuinely and say, God, I'm really trying, you know, to do X. I'm not really sure how to do it. You know, help me. To, <laughs> what father, especially a perfect one, is going to look down on you and ignore you? He'll meet you there and say, okay, good. This is, how, this is what you can do. Now, this is how you tweak it. You know, this is how you adjust it. This is how you take the next step. You know, next time, you know, whatever, you're at 50 minutes now, you know, try and push for 20 or 25, whatever it might be. But we need to press for this. Amen. Jesus had a, a supernatural encounter. There was a transfiguration which reflects the glory of God, which reflects, a, but he wasn't just stage, He wasn't just going about life as normal. He was pressing in. And we've said it many times, Daniel was able to do it within the context of his life. So in all honesty, none of us have any excuse. Amen? None of us have any excuse. So, <coughs> okay. Um, where are we? Okay, verse 30. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. So it's, it, it, the Bible commentates on this experience and it calls it glory. That's what I want you to see. It calls, so this is, this, this is the glory of God manifesting in human form. This is one of the ways it will manifest. 
I think the shining the outside was just to kind of, it was probably more for the disciples' benefit, just so that they knew something happened. But I can guarantee you a lot more happened on the inside than what they saw on the outside. They probably just, you know, saw like a little fraction. It was maybe just to inspire them that something took place. Because God can do a complete transformation of someone and you see nothing on the outside. Yeah. He doesn't need to do that. But it's just so they could see, oh, wow, you know, son, you know what? You know, this, okay, you know, son of God, you know, saving the, the, the Israelites and transforming the world. Okay, okay, I'm kind of starting to, you know, plug into this, plug into this whole thing and believe it. But what happened, what, what took place on the inside was many, many, many times more glorious. Amen? Maybe as we, as we close this and as we start to, um, as we close this section, let me just, let me just say that <coughs> what you can see here is that, and, and this also excites me, <coughs> because the more, you, the more you step into the glory, or the more you lay hold of, the more the glory manifests. If I can just say the glory is attractive, or the glory attracts things. The, let me say it like that. The glory attract, it works like a magnet. It attracts things, especially, especially spiritual things, things you need. You know? So you can see, you know, as there was no Moses and Elijah before Jesus had that encounter where it said the glory of God manifested. After the glory of God manifested, it suddenly, it was enough, you know, Moses and, uh, Moses and Elijah were suddenly there. It suddenly drew them in. It put him on a whole nother plane where he was operating at a whole nother level. But what I'm saying is you can see some things were drawn in. If you look at um, Ezekiel chapter 1, you can see there were also all those creatures around that throne. It draws things in. It draws things to you. The more you step in, the more you lay hold of the glory, the more it, 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 you become the glory and the glory becomes you. The more that happens, the more you attract the more things you attract for your destiny, for your purpose, then why do you think you're then able to accomplish so much more? Because you've now got more, if I can, call, if I can just say, entities or more things around you, which are now, that you, they've been drawn in. I mean, this is such a wonderful, a glorious place to be. It is such a wonderful, the more you press into it, the more you lay hold of. Literally. And you're thinking, you know what, this is my capacity, but I've suddenly pushed further in God and now I'm able to do this. How am I able to do that much? It's because you keep attracting, you keep drawing. Things. It's like a strong magnet. We need this thing. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we need this. And you wonder, you know, how, okay, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do so much? Well, lay hold of the glory. It's that simple. Lay hold of the glory and you can do much, much more. So, so, so much more. It draws things. It's the, the, and in Psalms it says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. So, so that's, a, that's a promise. So that's a guarantee from the moment you are born again. But now what I'm saying is, the more you press into the glory, the more of a reality that becomes. And even, and even more angels. More, you know, more angels can be assigned to you. Is there, why not? You know, Jesus was saying, what 12 legions of angels I can call, and like this they'll be here. You know, when they, when they had him in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, look, Peter, don't, you know, don't take this guy's ear off. You know, don't you think I can sort the situation out? You know, well, just, just calling. So, and that's 12 legions, so they're obviously not being pulled from somewhere else. They're available. So the, more angels can be assigned you, more things can be assigned as you press into the glory, as you lay hold, as you hunger, as you pursue it, as you make it a focus and a priority. So on, uh, I was remembering as well, I'm sure you'll remember, Pastor Eric made a comment a while ago. He was saying, talking about being strategic in your prayers, and he was saying, you know, there's, there's some things you need, to be, you need to be strategic when you pray. You can pray for one thing and that can bring like 
20 or 50 things, or you can pray for one thing and that can be, you know, one thing. I, I can't remember what example he used, but maybe it was this one, but, but simply put, it's like, okay, if you're hungry, you haven't got any food, God, give me a meal, provide some food. Okay, that's cool. That, that, you, that meal is provided for, you can get through to the next meal or to the next day. God, show me how to start a business, raise a company so that I can, you know, I can employ people, so I can impact my community, so I can feed many more people, you know, just myself. You get what I'm saying? So now you pray for God to give you the ability and the wisdom to start a company. Definitely your own food you know, needs will be food and your house and, your, and, and all your needs, not just food. But all the needs, you, the physical, practical needs will be, will be sorted out by that prayer. By just, does it make sense what I'm saying? By, and I believe this is the same thing. You can see how much there is caught up, sort of encapsulate and, yeah, I'm not even saying that I've, it's not possible that I've covered everything. How much there is in the glory. And as we, as we pursue this, as we press for this, there's so many other things which will be, I guess, added unto you, you know, which will be added unto us and we'll pick up along the way and we'll start to step into and flow in and we'll find that it'll be easier as we go. Why? Because we're pushing for something which is critical, for how we were created in the beginning, how we were formed, how God wants us to be, even the essential nature of God, which is the glory. That's the nature of God. We were made in that image. As we press for that image, and then you, 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 you yeah. So, as I say, we're then able to accomplish so much more. So, <coughs> let's look at Philippians, second to last scripture, then we're going to close. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Um, this is how it reads <coughs> not that I've already attained or let's read what's, let's read from verse 11 um, okay to 10 um, that I may know him this is Paul speaking a very popular scripture and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the, of the dead not anything, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. That's what I want us to see. I press on. I haven't attained it yet. I haven't been perfect. I haven't got hold of it. But what do I do? Tomorrow, the next day, the week after, the month after, I keep pressing. You know, th this is not something that's going to drop. Uh, didn't even say that. But the key is keep pressing. That's the, if you want to lay hold of what we saw in Ezekiel chapter 1, um, if you want to lay hold of which is the glory of God and everything that comes with it and everything else that God will speak to you about in your own personal capacity and say, look, this also comes with it. If you want to lay hold of all of those things, excuse me, you have to keep pressing in. Press in till you hit it. Press in till you see it. If you haven't, if you're not, you know, if you're not seeing some of the stuff which we, which we mentioned today and... Yeah, if you're not seeing what we, what we saw in Ezekiel chapter 1, if you're not seeing that yet manifested, you still need to keep pushing. You still need to keep pressing. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It, because once you hit it, it, I mean, say it took you you're 40 now, say, say, and it takes you, and you, it takes you 40, just for example, and you, you hit it when you're 80. Can you imagine what you will accomplish? You will, even if you've got one year left, once you hit that, in, that's what I'm saying, it doesn't matter how, you think, I know, but you know what, this other time is going and things are moving. Don't worry about it. It belongs to you. If you've got to make any adjustment, God's like saying you're taking too long or this is the wrong way, or, he'll tell you. It, 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 
He created you like that. He wants you to have it. You know, He wants you to have it in His fullness. So if, you, if you're pursuing it and you're doing it too slowly, whatever way, or you're getting off track, He'll tell you. Does it make sense? So you, so you keep going until you hit it. Because, I mean, if he, why would He do, create us like that unless He wanted us to be like that? Does it make sense? So you keep going until you hit it, but we have to keep pressing. We can't just... We can't just pray and then, you know, move on to something else or pray and then, you know, forget about it. We've got to keep, that's the thing. We need to keep pressing. It's available. It's there for us. We were made like that in the beginning. So to take hold of it is not an issue. But it's going to take effort from our side. It's going to take something. We're going to have to put in something. And the more you start to lay hold of it, the more you're going to see all these things start to manifest and the more your life is going to change. As I say, if you can lay hold of this, even in one year, you're walking in the fullness, imagine what you can accomplish. So when we're talking about, when, you, when you're thinking about Philip and, you know, what he did in, uh, is it Acts chapter 7? Um, when he was preaching and then he was, you know, he was, he was preaching and then he suddenly moved and he, he, he spoke to the Ethiopian and then suddenly he was moved and he was found at Astos or, this is what we're talking about. You will see that that's part of it. That's part, so don't worry about, oh no, but I've only got so much of what will happen. Don't think naturally. Think, you know, how was I originally designed? So th there's so much to this. There's so much contained in this. That's why it's important. We need to press into this. We need to lay hold of this. One person literally can transform a nation, can transform a continent, can, can change the world. Um, I think let's close on this. So, um, if you read, if you read Philippians chapter three, um, oh, you know what? It's fine. Forget, don't have to go there. So we'll look at Second uh, Samuel um, as a way of. I'll tell you the verse in the chapter now as a way of closing. So <coughs> I guess what I wa what I, what I'd like to lay down before we close, and is that the fact that we are not bound by the world's calendar and by the world's if I can say operation or priorities, whatever the world is saying is important at the moment or is a priority at the moment or you need to give your time and your effort to, we're not bound by that. We operate and we are, we, are, we are judged and we are plugged into a higher law, a higher operation. God is looking at my life and he's thinking 20 years forward. You know, he's not, he's not thinking, okay, you know what, the next two weeks and, you know, what, maybe, yeah. He's not thinking, he's thinking, okay, what are you doing now? And then he knows what that's going to impact. Does that make sense? So we are not bound by the world's festivities and what they're doing. It's fine, but you need to be, you need to be led by the Spirit in all things. So, you know, no matter what's going on around you, it's busy or it's quiet. You know, maybe it's quiet and you'll be busy. Maybe it's busy and you'll be quiet. It's okay. It doesn't matter. God's taking you somewhere and he knows the best way of how you need to get there. So I, I want us to, I need us to keep that in mind as we go into, I guess, the next couple of days and the next two weeks or so, which is, we're already into festive season mode, I guess. Um, but as we go into the next two weeks, I need us to keep this in mind. Don't be bound by what the world says is a priority. Um, and you'll see what I mean in a moment. I'm going somewhere. But what is God, God, what is God saying to you? What is God saying to your family? For me, literally, the next two weeks can be the most incredible, and I'm, I'm saying that very specifically, and you'll see why in a moment, but can be the most incredible, can be the most amazing time your family has ever experienced. It's possible. It literally can be. If you take hold of what God is saying and you run with it. 
what is, so what is God saying to you today and in this time? What is God saying to your family now and in this time? Not in three weeks' time, but now. What is He saying now? Mark my words, because I'm excited. I know, maybe this is for myself, but um, I'm excited. But for the next two weeks, mark my words what will happen. If you just, not even necessarily what I, what I shared today, just, just try and tune with, with what God's saying to you. Tune in if over the next, especially over the next couple of weeks, because once we get to, yeah, I'll explain in a moment, but over the next two, three weeks, try and by all means plug into what God's saying. And I, I believe there's going to be some incredible, there's going to be some glory which you can experience. Which is maybe just waiting there. It's almost there, you know, you're hovering, just waiting for you. Literally, it's there. And all, that's it. Not really. All you've got to, it's there. So all you've got to do is take the appropriate step, whatever that might be. And I believe God will speak to you. So, you know, as, as people get ready for Christmas and New Year's and all of that, I'm excited because there's so much more. Yeah, there's always so much more than that. But I believe specifically, and I'm going somewhere, so just stick with me. Um, but I believe there's so much more that's available to us even right now. And as we, as we, I guess, position ourselves properly, watch us tap into it. I guess what I'm trying to say is just wait for the next two weeks and watch for the testimonies. That's that in summary, that's what I'm saying. I really, I really believe it. No, I'm not even, I'm not, it's not to, um, yeah, you guys know me. I don't throw that stuff out very often, so I don't, but I, I really believe it. In the next two weeks, watch for the test. Watch what God is going to do. Just watch. And even what, he, what you might do now, which then might impact 2019, how you start the year and what happens, and then you just keep going. We've got to stick with God's calendar. What is He saying to me? What is He saying to us? What is He saying to you? If you can do that, <laughs> the results will be glorious. So there's a very interesting story. Um, it starts off in First Chronicles, I think it's about 20. But then we see the same story in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. So, um, <coughs> and this is, what I'm, this is what I'm closing on. Um, very well-known story, I'm sure. Yo, millions of sermons have been preached on this one, <coughs> on this chapter. So, it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go to battle that David said Job and his servants and his servants with him and all Israel, so I guess everyone except him, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. It's fine, we're going to stay on verse 1, I don't think we'll, we won't go from here. So he sent Job, he sent his army and all Israel, so he sent everyone, they crushed Ammon completely, they destroyed them. Then if you read, I think it's First Chronicles 20, I can't remember, but you read an account of the battle, and it says, you know, the, the king's um, crown was a talent of gold, and then, you know, Job called David and said, listen, the city's going to be named after my name, and, you know, unless you come. So he, he did his thing, got there, and you know, got the crown presented on his head, and then know, he did whatever he did after that. So he just got in there for the, for the coronation, and then he moved. So that's, that's all he did. That's the only part he played in this battle and the whole thing. Now, Lots of sermons have been preached after this and Bathsheba and, you know, what happened and, you know, maybe he shouldn't have been there and all of that. But it says in the spring of the year, at the, times when, at the time when kings go out to battle. So it was a time for battle. It wasn't a time to stay at home. That's what I mean. There was a, it was a very specific time. You could even say almost like a Kairos moment. What is God saying to you right now? What is God saying to you? I don't want you to miss it. Wow, there's so, yeah, I, 
It was a Kairos moment. Kings were supposed to. He should have gone out to battle. If he'd gone out to battle, and not even necessarily talking about battle, if he'd gone out and did what he was supposed to, everything would have been fine. It's that simple. He was in the wrong place. He, got out of the, he stepped out of the will of God. As he stepped out of the will of God, a whole lot of what we might call, what someone calls hedges got broken, and then that's why he stepped into what he did. Is that simple? You know, he did, you know once you step out of what, what God wants for you, you open yourself up to just a whole lot of stuff, which, you, which in all truth and honesty, you may not have the capacity and the ability to deal with. That's why he's saying be there, because he knows if you are here, you might not, you know, it might, something might come along, because outside of the will of God, all the promises of God are not, you know, in your life. They're not available to you because you're outside of God's will. It's that simple. So if you're outside of God's will, strength and you know, ability to, a whole lot of things are not there. So David was outside of God's will. He was doing what he wasn't supposed to be doing. So if we call it a festive season time, he was doing what he shouldn't have been doing which made him just end up in not. He didn't get the, he didn't get the, the testimony he should have. He didn't get the outcome he should have. Um, yeah, let's go. Okay, so let's so put put um, verse one in the King James version, please. <coughs> See what it says. <coughs> Look at this. <coughs> and it came to pass, after the year had expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Job and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children. Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. It came to pass after the year had expired, once the year had closed, or was closing. The year was about to come to close. The year was about to finish. It was springtime. The new year was about to start or was busy starting. It was that transition time. I guess everyone then knew that kings went to battle, but he just decided, you know what, maybe during this end of year, whatever, I'm just going to chill. I don't know what he decided, but it came to pass after the year had expired. So the year was ending and David was, doing, was found doing what he shouldn't be doing. It's that simple. Does that make sense? Now, there's no condemnation at all to anyone. I'm just saying, please, over the next two weeks, what are you supposed to be doing? I, I don't, most of you, I have no idea what you're going to be doing, what you planned. But I'm saying, please, make sure you are doing what you are supposed to be doing. The world's got a calendar. The world's got an agenda. Um, and it's celebration. It's fun. It's parties. It's food. It's all of that. And there's nothing wrong with eating. There's nothing wrong with, with connecting with people. But what are you supposed to be doing? I believe there's a divine window. Really. I believe it so strongly. Over the next couple of weeks, maybe the next two or three weeks. No, truly. I don't know. Really, but it's not... I really believe there's a window. If you can press into what God is saying to you and your family during this time, two, three weeks from now, hey, you're going to have some serious testimonies. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how else to say it. It's, I believe it so strongly in my heart. So I guess what we were sharing today is a good place to start. You know, <laughs> start, start, pressing, start pressing into this because the glory happens in phases. You know, so you might tap into one or two things. As I say, you might start to get into it. You see some wisdom increase. And maybe you'll need that wisdom for the start of next year. Who knows what you're going to face? You might be in some serious interview and you need to download some serious, you know, some serious statements. Otherwise, they're just like, oh, okay, well, you look the same as everyone else. So you get what I'm saying? Please, you can't take this lightly. We can't take, I mean, it was, it was so strong in my heart for the last week or so. Yeah, it's Christmas, and yeah, it's fun, and it's celebration, everything. But we can't take it lightly. God has still got an agenda for our lives. Really. 
And he's not moved by what everyone else is doing. He's not. He's looking at you and the next 20 or 50 years of your life. And don't think that just, you know, one step now is not going to impact the next 20 or 50. He knows the path you're supposed to travel. So if he's saying do X now, it's for a very specific reason. I, I don't know what that reason might be. It might set you back a week. It could set you back five years. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It could, you miss, might miss someone you're supposed to meet and then, you know, everything is a lot more difficult. It, I mean, it might be none of those. But I'm just saying we can't take lightly what God is saying. And I really believe if we, if we open up our hearts and we sit and we connect with God seriously and we say, God, what are you saying to me? So we go from here and we actually have some serious time with God. Say, God, what are you saying to me? I really believe, in fact, I know he's going to speak to each one of you and he's going to say, this is what you need to be doing. Soji, this is what you need to be doing. Lungi, this is what you need to be doing. Sianda, this is what you need to be doing. I honestly, I honestly believe, and he may have told you already. He may have started stirring up some things already. You know what? Kind of causing you to lean in a certain direction. And now it's time just to maybe say, okay, God, and this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm sensing. Is this what you are saying? Please do not be bound to the world's calendar because they will run for the next two or three weeks, have a wonderful time, and then carry on with their lives. With no, and they have no, they have no, um, oh, what's the word? They have, no, they have no care about you. They're doing what they know to do. They're doing what they do. This is what get, happens at the end of the year. But we are different. That's why I said in the beginning, we have a different calendar. We're not bound to the world's calendar and the world's order of events. Sure, there can be parties and celebrations, but what is the Spirit, of, what is the spirit saying? That's the most important thing. What is the Spirit saying? You will get, I guarantee you will have testimonies over the next three weeks, but you have to, have to, have to plug into what God is saying. There's nowhere around. And it may be inconvenient because you may have to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning and start praying for something. I don't know. It could be anything. You may have to... Yeah, I'm not going to say anymore. I don't want to preempt anything. So uh, you, you could... It could be anything. I'm saying it might, it might be a bit inconvenient, but please do it. If you want the testimony, do it. If you want to start the next year on the, on, the, on the right foot, do it. I don't know why you're going to need what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks in 2019 or even for the next 15 years. I don't know why you're going to need it. I don't know what it's going to bring, but I'm saying don't miss out. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. God is going to speak to each one of you. He's going to speak to you and he's going to say exactly what you need to do. And as you take those steps and as you do that, I guess the final result is going to be glorious. Isn't it? I mean, what I mean, that's, what we, that's what we're on our way to. You know, we're going towards glory. We're aiming for glory. That's what we're pushing towards. That's the image. The image is the glorious image. So as you, you line up with what he's doing, he's, he's also, you know, he's taking you towards glory. So you're going to get a step and a step and another step closer to glory. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. <coughs> Father, we bless you. We magnify. We give you glory. We give you praise. Father, we honor you and we lift you up. <coughs> thank you for this time father god you are faithful you're wonderful you're magnificent my god you are awesome and you are glorious you are the king of kings you are the lord of lords you are the exalted one you are the magnificent one my god you are the glorious one father we bless you we thank you for speaking to us we thank you for challenging us we thank you for sending your word to us my god for opening our eyes for opening our understanding god for sending us your word your specific word a customized word for each one of us lord god you've sent it you've spoken it you've delete you've released it you've delivered it god father we lay hold we open ourselves up for your word <clears throat> we open ourselves up for what you are saying 
we open ourselves up for what you are doing, what you want to do, what you've started, my God and my King, and what you are ordering. Hey, we open ourselves up, my God, for your word, for your guiding, for your guidance, for your leadership, your counsel, your leadership over our lives, Lord God. You're taking charge and you're taking control. <clears throat> Father, we bless you. Thank you for exceeding every expectation here. Thank you for doing more than we could ask or imagine. Father, we are believing you for that glorious image, the burning and shining image. What you ordained for us, the image you created us, the image you designed us. My God, we are so hungry for you. We are so thirsty for you. We are so in need of you. We are so desirous of you. My God, my God. <coughs> My God, and we ask for more. Hey, more, 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 more. My God, my God, my God and my King. We ask for more. We ask for more. We ask for more. We ask for more in the name of Jesus. God, let every life here be transformed. Let every family be, God, may every family here link with what they're supposed to, connect with what they're supposed to, Lord God. Reflect God. My God, reflect what they are supposed to. The glory that you've ordained for every family, my God. I pray they would come forth. I pray they would be established. I pray they would manifest. I pray they would be released. Father, I pray they would break out in the name of Jesus. You ordained families. You purposed families, Lord God. Families were something in your heart, from your heart, not only the individual. So lay your hand over every family here. My God, in the name of Jesus, do more than we could ask or imagine. Glorify your name. Magnify your name. Strengthen, establish, reinforce, provide lord god protect in the name of jesus bring revelation wisdom insight understanding my god to every father every family here has to fulfill destiny has to fulfill purpose has to fulfill what you've ordained in the name of jesus every limitation father we break it off this morning in the name of jesus let every eye open that's supposed to open in the name of jesus every limitation let it be removed in jesus name Father, we love you. We honor you. We give you glory. We give you praise. Father, the family unit is the building block of society, is the, the basis of society, Father God. If we can't get it right, in the, if our families are not okay, Father, our society will never change. Father, let the families, let every family in this church, every family represented here, but every family in this church, Father, may they align with purpose, with destiny, with the wisdom of God, with your plan, your perfect picture, God, what you've ordained. Every family here, take their place. Be the perfect building block, Lord God. The perfect foundation, the perfect example, Lord, can only be done by you. can only be done through you. Father, we bless you. We trust you for every family here, for a transformation, for a change, for an alignment, God. And every contrary thing will just be removed. That there be a perfect alignment and empowerment and, and, and adding that you would equip and you would add to, my God. Every, almost like when you, you tie, a, tie a rope or you just, you put something around someone or something. You just put around every family, Father God, what needs to be around them. What needs to be added to them. So Lord God, they can, they can show forth your glory. Every family here, so diverse, so wonderful, Lord God. 
so critical. Father, we bless you and we thank you. We honor you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.